Thank you for listening to the Following Films podcast. Today my guest is, and I know I'm going to screw this up, um, as bad as I am at certain names, I think Icelandic might be the worst for me personally. Um, so I apologize for my ignorance. I've looked this up and tried multiple times, but no matter how many times I play this back on YouTube and hear myself say it, it never sounds right. So I'm going to go ahead and just say the name and apologize for butchering it. There's just no way around it. Uh, today, my guest is Gisli Dari Haldorsson. He's the director of the Oscar-nominated short film, animated short film, Yes People. The film is about an eclectic mix of people from all facets of life um, in an apartment complex dealing with work, school, dishwashing, and as the day progresses, their relationships are tested as well as their coping mechanisms. It's a subtle yet brilliant film. If you go to the New Yorker screening uh, page, you can, the New Yorker uh, screening room rather, online, you can watch the film right now. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks. Oh, and uh, thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring the show. And thanks to uh, Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end. Enjoy the show. Hey. Hey, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm happy to do it. Are, I, are you in Iceland right now? Yeah. Well, have I mean, I was just probably last night. I, it was late last night. I started watching um, the news and they had that um, all the, the volcano outside of Reykjavik. That was good. Yeah. That is insane. The, the imagery of that is so beautiful. Have, have you are you close to Reykjavik or? Yeah, it's it's not uh, dangerous, but it's like 30 kilometers away from Reykjavik. It's a, it's a very small one uh, and cute. A lot of people are kind of visiting, but uh, it was the two craters that opened and uh, it's deemed unsafe due to toxic gases at the moment. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate the distance and I'm, I'm totally comfortable being in Arizona to, yeah. to, to a, uh, to snow and volcano, that sort of combination, that imagery, it's just beautiful, but I don't want to be anywhere near it. So it is. You're, really in, Ar- you're in Arizona. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah so I, I, for some reason I thought it was in, uh, UK. Podcaster. Um, I mean, I, uh, I got that. The, the PR company, I think that they have a presence in London. I, I, I think, ah, okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So I think that's how I connected that. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance no. to watch the film, sorry, uh, again this morning. And yeah. man, this is a great little movie you made. And the attention to detail in it, the thing that catches me when I've watched this twice now is the, the background, the imagery. You can tell so much about these characters by their apartments that they live in. Um, and specifically, there's a wedding photo in the background that you can tell the whole story, I think, of this marriage through that. Can you talk a little bit about those uh, those de- details in the film? Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, talk about those because I, d- I, did, um, I did write an extensive backstory for each character. And uh, in fact, I know where they're going as well. So uh, it, it was just, I wanted to facilitate a smooth animation process where I could just dive in and there was no questions almost. It was, you know, it was very, it was a lot of prep work, but highly enjoyable. And it really paid off when I was animating because I, I really needed to be efficient. It was like 12 seconds a week of oh. animation. So, uh, yeah, it's not like picking up a camera on the weekend and getting a couple people together to shoot for a couple hours yeah. and you can throw away 20 minutes of footage. If you're actually taking the time to animate something, you have to be very, 
<laughs> specifically, you have to you have to have a plan because if you don't, I'm assuming it would go off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think also when you have six characters in the same film, uh, that really helps to kind of clarify between each is to make them a bit more specific to have that backstory. And um, yeah, it really made me f- fall in love with them, all of them. I really. <laughs> So then do you plan on expanding the story then? Because it works so well as this compact little piece. And I I love that it's just this little, you pick up in the middle of a story and you kind of leave in the middle of a story. It's just like, you're just taking this moment. Um, It doesn't have an arc to it, but it feels like it could have a, there's a beginning that's not there and there's definitely an end that's not there, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, And it wouldn't be about, yes, like they would just speak normally uh you know they have, but yeah absolutely yeah uh, they they have mileage in my mind so i would definitely agreed where did that idea come from as far as the um <laughs> the, the language of the piece where they're just saying yes that's it that's really it i mean i where where's yeah. that from that's the seed from that came from i was talking to my friends about uh, my foreign friends about the uh, icelandic yes and how it has this myriad of meanings depending on intonation and they were just laughing and I just realized this is really, you know, interesting. And also it just made me think about uh, the expression of the voice. And it led me to, it led me to the direction of a semi-silent film. I just started thinking about, you know, oh, I haven't seen, well, maybe there is, but I want, I really want to make a semi-silent film. <laughs> and animation just lends itself to that kind of, where you have every con- like control of every single pixel of the image, and you can really design the default perf- performance. And we don't really have those silent film stars anymore, you know, where, where they were so, you know, some of the work that they did, like Chaplin, is just so beautiful and precise. And every single moment, it's like it's animated. I mean, but um, I digress. Uh, yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> It, um, I was basically, I was just wondering as far as the uh, idea of having just this one word and how you're able to convey so much with this one word. And even though it might not have the same meaning here in my language, but it does translate beautifully. You can tell what they're getting across by just using one word through intonation, through context. So I think that it actually works really well. Yeah, it is really interesting. And um, I think some of those, there's a couple, I think, that go over people's heads, but it's not so important and i definitely had to edit a few examples out that were just too bizarre i just knew <laughs> cuz this this is really a thing in iceland where people use yes they say yao a lot and uh, icelanders that have watched this film they really just go oh my god i'm just a week after they're noticing how they say yes i mean it's not like a secret like people know but it really makes them aware and our neighbors in faroe islands they, in fact, call us the yes people because they notice this. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it uh, kind of comes from them. But also, I want to I want to underscore that the film was about people, so I called it yes people. And it has that... Um, I, I mean, yes, there's specific meaning that clearly would be lost on me um, through the cultural divide in it. But it actually is something that's, I think, because you have this silent structure to it. You're able to really 
project yourself into the piece a lot easier. And so while I might miss some of the exact meaning, I think that it has meaning beyond that, where it does feel, you feel connected to the piece. I don't feel like I'm missing anything, even though I guess I might be. Um, yeah. Could you talk about a little bit about those multiple meanings of the word yes, and maybe something that I may have missed that I wouldn't have connected with? Um, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint which ones it just from the feedback sometimes from online feedback, I can see like people, like I've heard somebody says, why are they saying yes? It's, but it's not really the point that they're saying yes. It's just, um, but like, I mean, the ones that I edited out, for instance, there's one that is like, uh, uh, you say, uh, uh, do you want to come to the cinema? And you say, yeah, yeah. And that means not really. <laughs> so, like, how can you decode that as a partner? So there's a few of them. I don't know. Yeah. How? That's so, that's so bizarre to have that, mm. that close of a meaning that has a polar opposite to it. That's, um, yeah. yes. So that's. It is, it is really interesting because, um, you know, like in Chinese, my friend was telling me, they they end words and names a lot on the up, so they chow ming, and it just sounds like uh, "Are you okay?" or something. But it's just saying chow ming, or <laughs> yeah, it's just the name. It's, it's just the way they say the name. So uh, my theory of the sort of primal language being omni universal probably was not entirely right. But, but looking at all the festivals we got into it. Uh, it did definitely communicate. Well, yeah, the, the the reaction to the film, I think, speaks for itself at this point where it, it clearly works um, mm -hmm. as far as beyond um, just the local cultural impact of it to where, you know, you're nominated for an Oscar, you're accepted into festivals all over the world. This is this little eight minute thing that you are knocking out 12 seconds at a time. I couldn't imagine that you would have thought this is what it would bring you to. Absolutely not. I mean, I just wanted to make a film. I just really, you know, I was one of those animators um, that meet in the studio at the water cooler and say, oh, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to make your own short film? And uh, I, just, I just got sick and tired of saying that. And I just started <laughs> my <laughs> putting it, uh, myself into action. And um, I knew it was going to take a long time. I didn't really know it was going to take, what, eight years? I mean, you know, very stark stop and wow. start but the seed of the idea was 2012 and 2013 i started designing and writing it but it was really tiny pockets of time in between freelance jobs that i had to do that and um so uh i really you know i i really tried to think about a project that i was uh, you know ideas that i was obsessed with and that i was inspired with those were the two things that, because I knew it would have enough uh, mileage to, you know, finish a film. And indeed it did. Like, even though it was a really hard project to finish, I always had a sense of meaning. And I've done shorts before, like narrative music videos, mm -hmm. where, you know, it became like a chore because it was just a cute idea and it just doesn't last uh, enough. So I am... Um, so, so the inspiration for me was definitely the language factor, which I'm also just obsessed with anyway. And the, uh, this idea of routines and patterns and how, you know, they're just so meaningless 
you know, when you look at them, but in the grand picture, they're, you know, they're, I, some, I just feel like they're the equivalent of a, of a tiny pixel of a great painting, whether it's sad or beautiful. And if you know the big picture, but on its own, this pixel or zoomed in square is just completely meaningless. And no, it has, that, that's such a, that's, uh, that's brilliant. That's actually, that's the exact way this film works though. And when we think about our lives and there's these little moments that seem to carry no meaning to them whatsoever, be it just going to the grocery store or having an interaction with a neighbor or, you know, the way that you speak to your spouse, anything like that, that you look in that exact moment, it doesn't carry any weight. But if you zoom out and look at the big picture of this and how it's connected to the world around you, it carries so much greater weight. And I think that that's, it's almost the, um, the meaning of the mundane is kind of what yeah. this film is about to me. And I think that, that that's why it's connecting because we all, most of our lives, we don't feel the meaning and purpose in our day-to-day -day interactions, even though they clearly have them. Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookmans. So last week, I finished reading the book, Understanding Movies, which is a pretty academic uh, look at the history of cinema and while it's interesting it's pretty dry and it gave a bunch of recommendations that I you know took to heart and that I'll be going up and following up on and watching some of these films that have just been blind spots for me things I need to see but it's not exactly a enjoyable read it definitely felt like homework some of the time so I wanted to continue in my film education, and so when I went to Bookman's this week, I was looking for a film book, but perhaps something a little bit less academic, something a little bit more entertaining. And I came across uh, Nathan Rabin's My Year of Flops, and Nathan's a writer for the AV Club, and he put out this book, I think it's about 10 years ago now, and it's a re-examination of films that were unsuccessful financially when they first came out and he's reevaluating some of these films were they films that audiences rightfully dismissed or were they ones that were just misunderstood in their time or um, is it something that they're worthy of re-examination some of these films because I think we often conflate financial failure with artistic failure and there's a bunch of films in here that are covered that I'm really looking forward to getting into because I kind of I love some of these films in fact like The Cable Guy which was a movie that I kind of forget that was a failure at the time but that's a really great little film um, another one that's on here that I think is just a disaster of a movie but it's an interesting disaster is the uh, adaptation of Breakfast for, uh, of Champions it's not a great film and Bruce Willis is woefully miscast but it's still an interesting movie to watch um Another one that he covers is Southland Tales, which was admittedly a financial disaster, uh, but the movie's phenomenal. It's honestly one of my favorite Richard Kelly films to date. It's just such an unusual movie, and um, I can't remember the actor's name, but the, he plays Stifler in the American Pie films. He's phenomenal in this thing, and it's something that I wish people, or I hope people, will go back and take a second look at this film because it's something that's definitely worth re-examining. It's a great little uh, underseen film. Um, he also looks at Battlefield Earth, and that's one that I feel like was pretty terrible, but I'm kind of curious to see what his thoughts are on it. And yeah, it's it, this is one of those things where I'm really thankful 
that I was able to go into Bookman's to find this because this is definitely the uh, palate cleanser I need after um, understanding film, getting through that one. And I was also able to find yet another Titanic book for my son, which he was absolutely ecstatic um, that we were able to find another reference book, this one for kids, and he loves it. So remember, Bookman's, they have your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm sure you have something in your, like a phrase in your language, but in Icelandic we say which means the little dropped drop makes a hole in the rock. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's, it, I mean, it, I mean, you know, I, I feel like you can sum up, I feel, I have this wild theory now that every good film has a, is basically an expansion of a good sort of truth. Like one of those phrases that, our ancestors made, you know. Yeah. That's a good one, English one, you know, those wise sayings. Oh, um, it, I, I mean, there's uh, there's ones that I, I'm not going to come up with anything that would have yeah. nearly the, the weight that you, the one that you had. I'm just thinking of one off. It, it would be something, they're like those proverbs, you know, those kinds of things yeah, where it's proverbs. just, yeah, where they go back and it's so that they carry it and you go, okay, there's a little bit of wisdom in that. You hear it time and time. It's a cliche. But, yeah. you know, but there's truth in those things. There's a reason why they they last for thousands of years, a version of it. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of like the colloquial version of the Joseph Campbell's Heroes myth, where we have these stories that we tell over yeah. and over and over again. And we have these little kernels of truth that we pass on. And you find out that they've existed in different cultures and in different forms for eons, really, since the beginning of time, since we've recorded our thoughts. So, yeah. And yeah. And, and it's it's something that I think is um, yeah I think you're right that any film can probably anything that's powerful that has purpose can be boiled down to a simple truth like yeah. that even incredibly complicated films um, if you think of like yeah. a David Lynch movie something like Eraserhead something like yeah. that it might be difficult to get your head around the actual plot of it but there's emotional yeah. honesty to it that I think is very easy to relate to if that yeah. makes sense yeah no totally. And I'm not saying the filmmakers start off with a proverb and then build on that. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Like, yeah, it's just the way we have. Uh, it's just the way we make, it. and I think uh, we're just kind of building on, on our ancestors' uh, truths. Because even though we know all these truths, it doesn't mean that we follow them, and <laughs> so we need to hear them again in a different costume or something. <laughs> well, it's. Um, I was actually talking with a friend of mine uh, a week or so ago about how we have, there's things that will take us years to learn lessons that take us 20 years to pick up on. And we say, God damn it. If I, I'm 45, if I would have picked up on this when I was 25, my life would have been so much simpler. And then we get frustrated with people that are in the middle of that same learning process that it's like, no, 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 no. I already, I already made that mistake. You don't need to make that mistake here. Learn from me. And it's, and there was somebody 20 years ago giving me that same advice that I was not listening to. So it's, we go through this cycle over and over again. There's something that's any cultural divide that we might have. I think that there's, there's these universal truths about being human. And I, that's kind of what you're playing with in this film in a way, which is, it's such a simple light story and it's, it's very breezy, very easy to watch, but that's, what's so strange about it, that it sits with you for a while afterwards. And it's, it's like, it's not, some films, they have this, um, 
self-aggrandizing nature where you can tell, oh, this is important. It's making itself feel important. This is much mm -hmm. more subtle in the way that it's doing that. And I, I love that about it, that it's not um, overt, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not hitting hitting you over the head with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I I feel like that's it's, it's a bit of a Nordic thing, maybe. Um, this sort of uh, bleakness, bleakness, and the, the Nordic hope, and uh, but you know, not not like a. It's not. It's just they're usually not very grand in in their in their message or hope or I don't know. I think it comes naturally for sure. And probably comes from uh, living in the dark half of the year, you know, and just kind of trying to find meaning and the light. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of space for uh, self reflection in the darkness. I would imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's um. So then, what's the? Is there a different response to the film um, in the Nordic? countries as opposed to kind of the more of the Western or even beyond that. Cause this is really, it's a worldwide film at this point where you've screened everywhere. <laughs> it screens yeah. films. So how, how is the cultural reaction? Is it pretty similar throughout or do you find that certain cultures are reacting in similar ways? Um, the Nordic, uh, the Nordic countries and the North of Europe are generally really positive. I mean, that's where a lot of the awards came from and it got selected in a, in a pretty, yeah, can pretty much say all around the world. Uh, but yeah, there are, there are some regions where I just see, I just, I can sense people don't really connect with it. And uh, I think also the problem could be that it, it kind of presents itself as a gimmick film, you know, with the yes thing. And I think mm -hmm. if you start watching it with that in mind, and think it's a gimmick film. It's a pretty kind of slow paced, <laughs> and uh, it it doesn't have that. It, yeah, it's a, it it was not my intention to make it like a sort of a gimmick film. In fact, very early on, I wanted to make it personal, and it is very personal to me. As I um, when I was writing it, I sort of um, uh, put the my my grandparents died at the when I was writing it and their energy and their sort of grounded hope and positivity uh, is reflected in the, in the older couple, oldest couple. Sure. And, and, yeah. and there's a lot of darkness. Like for me, there's a lot of darkness underneath all the characters. <laughs> no. I, yeah. There, there's certainly darkness there for sure. But um, the, the gimmick of it though is because I, 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 without the title of the film, I wouldn't have known what the word was that they were saying repeatedly. It could have been like the, the adults in the peanuts cartoons where they're just, it's just a trombone. It, it doesn't resonate in that way. There's not a direct word to it. So it's just, it, it's a thing that they're saying repeatedly. So, yeah. so yeah. I'm projecting a different meaning into every one of those. So I'm not taking that as a literal thing. So I think that the, for me, uh, my ignorance is actually something that helped <laughs> uh, yeah. with that barrier to the film. Yeah, no, it's 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 generally really good. Um, I get really positive, and I really like you know the takes from di different cultures. It's, it's, you know, um, it's some, some really interesting thoughts. That I'd so, say. will you be able to travel to the U.S. for the Oscars, or yes. is that something that yes, 
Um, I, I know this is probably in the state of the world right now, <laughs> fairly yeah. uh, trivial yeah. thing, but um, that's going to be a, a pretty amazing feeling that that's at yeah. least, um, you know, BAFTA, Oscar, those are kind of the the huge ones in the world. And that's just to be on this, this has got the number of things that this will open up that probably I'm assuming when you're knocking out a minute a year over the course of eight years on average, yeah. keeping your head down and keeping focused on this thing and actually seeing it to its conclusion must've been incredibly difficult. Now this whole world is going to be different after this point for you, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like I said, I just wanted to make a film and that, that would sort of communicate to people like me, I guess. And uh, it just did so much better than I'd ever hoped. And what's very fortunate is that I've wanted to be a storyteller for a really long time. So I've, I've done a lot of writing behind the, uh, in the closet, shall I say. And uh, so I'm, I'm really ready to, to, to do, do more stuff, you know. <laughs> do you think you'll go to live action or will it stay with animation? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could do both because I, I just have, I've just written so much over the years that I feel like I, I wouldn't have time to make, <laughs> you know, the animation <laughs> well, stuff. Think this is not at this pace. No, of course not. You would, uh, no. you, you, you don't some have ideas another hundred are, years. Yeah, exactly. And some ideas are even, I even have uh, book ideas and things like book ideas, live action and animation. So yeah, I'm very excited. It's great. It's like, um, having all these suddenly people um, opening their doors and wanting to hear what I had to say. And, you know, when I was making the short film and I was kind of crewing up, especially I was, when I was getting the actors who are like legends in Iceland, you know, I was asking them just to say yes here and there. Um, they were, they, they were, they eventually got it, but, you know, it took some convincing, you know, for some, some animation dude uh, off the street and there was some, you know, I definitely felt people just rolling their eyes, you know, oh, you're making a short. That's great. Good for you. You know, nobody really cares when you're making a short, except they're, if they're really into it. Well, I, there's one, I've always loved short films because I, I'm the type of person that goes to film festivals and I actually, I see short films and I love them. And I'm, one of the things, there's, a, there's plenty of negatives about the streaming platforms uh, but one thing is that I love that there's actually a place that people can see short films now that they actually get out into the world. It used to be that really they were locked down unless you went to festivals, you really didn't have a chance to see them or you'd get a compilation of, you know, 15 short films, something like that. And maybe at a repertory theater, somebody would play one short mixed in that matched with a couple of their films, that kind of thing. But now it feels there, it's just even playing ground where it's just thrown up on Netflix, like anything else or, Amazon or whatever it is. And I, will your film be out there in that way? Is that something that is going to be released um, widely for people to see? Yeah, it's available to see for free uh, on the New Yorker site screening room. And uh, we're, my distributor in Germany is um, uh, trying to get it with a, for a wide release, mostly TV stations around the world. Uh, but yeah, eventually it'll be, I mean, yeah, for the U S it's, uh, basically free on YouTube or New York screening room, New Yorker, sorry. Yeah. New Yorker screening room. Excellent. That, that's, that's great. And, uh, yeah. I, so when will you be, when will you be coming out? And cause we have, are you going to come out ahead of time then for, yeah. Okay. Quarantine. 
Yeah. Okay. How, how, <laughs> how are you holding up with that, by the way? Sorry, I, I feel rude for not even asking at this point. <laughs> About quarantine? Yeah. How, how are you holding up? It's, uh, it's been a strange year. Um, and yeah. so I feel like going from, I've lost a lot of my social ability in the last year. Yes. So I feel like going to a highly social environment would be what would be, have been nerve wracking and anxiety inducing prior would have been bad. Yeah. But now yeah. that's on a whole different level. I forgot how to talk to people outside of yeah. Zoom. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I see comfort in that everybody's on the same boat as me. Uh, I find that cool. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really glad that we decided to go. Um, uh, and the quarantining doesn't bother me. I've, I'm doing interviews and can um, continue my writing and you know um, preparing pitches and stuff. So it's it's uh, it's exciting. And I've never been to the US, so I'm really excited to stay in the hotel room for for, for a while and then. Go out like a like a cow. Have you seen those cows when they when they when they've been inside all winter, and then they're let out <laughs> in, in LA? Yeah, that's really a, geeky shorts. <laughs> we have a. Uh, it's a similar thing that happens here in Arizona, except it's when it gets below. I don't know, 60 degrees roughly, which is totally comfortable for the rest of the world. But, you know, we're so used to 120 degree weather that when it gets below that, um, you know, when we get out of our freeze here, you know, it's just, we're ready for it and, you know, swimming and when the pool is 70 degrees and that kind of thing, and just out there like ready to go because it's, Oh, we're, we're out of the brutality of winter and it's, we don't even really have winter here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You just climatize, don't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Like my girlfriend is French and she's living now with me in Iceland and uh, she's saying things like I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have thought she would say, she's like, oh, this is pretty warm. This is okay. It's like 12 degrees or something like Celsius. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's different because it's, it's fairly, it's fairly dry there. Right. Is it, it's not like, yeah. 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 And so when you're in France, you have, it's a lower it's close. I think it's on the same. It's pretty much, I know like Bordeaux and the, is it Napa? They're on like the same, they're basically at the same level. And so that's mm-hmm. why their, their growing regions are very similar. So they have the very similar climate, oh, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Which is a, you know, when you're going up to Iceland, it's similar because when you're, yeah, it's just much drier up there. And so our, um, while they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, I think our climates are actually fairly similar we have like similar skin things that we have to worry about and all that kind of stuff yeah, so yeah but yeah, yeah I, I, your your blood thins out and you get used to it you know and it's yeah. you know your blood thickens when you get to and that's it and that's it's yeah we're people we adapt so yeah but, exactly but th- th- thank you so much for taking the time to do this today i really enjoyed the film and like a lot of people i'm i'm pulling for you so i'm, I'm really excited to hopefully see you walk up on that stage and you know what are we at like <laughs> two weeks in a day right now, something like that. So that's yeah. very yeah, cool. Thank man. you so much. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Excellent. Thank, yeah. Thank you. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to whatever ends up coming down the pike next. And I, I hope that yes. it's something that doesn't take um, a minute, a year to put together yeah. that you have. Yeah. It's going to be a feature film where all the characters can only say the word Volvo. <laughs> 
I, I just I, I hope that Volvo signs on to it. Otherwise, that might be yeah. a really difficult project to get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's anti-Volvo, and then maybe BMW will be more than willing to pick it up. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you again. Right. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Have a good Bye-bye. day. Bye bye. Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope